right, welcome to Young Adults and welcome to Love Don't Die because um, we in the room, we love love, do we not? Don't act like you don't love love. You love love, folks. All right, and we are doing this series for a myriad of reasons, but the biggest reason, uh, the biggest reason I want to do this series, the biggest reason I think that uh, Red Rocks likes to do these series is because marriages aren't just about you guys getting hitched. Marriages, actually, in Scripture, are what point people to God. And so if you get two people that love God, two people that are selfless, two people don't, that don't live out their marriage the way that the world does, but they love each other continually and selflessly and eternally, and then you invite other people to your home to witness things like that, that is an immediate lighthouse to the world, right? And so that's why we do this series, because we want your marriages, um, we want you guys to get married, and then we want you to get old and boring, okay? We don't want drama, we don't want breakups, we want you to get old and boring. Like, that is the goal for me, honestly. I want you to live long lives where you're married until the day that you die, where you say vows and you mean it, okay? And um, we've been in this series and we, that we started out talking about practicing your vow, practicing your promise. Because a lot of us in the room are going to make promises on our wedding day that we can't keep. And so we talked about the reality that you have to start practicing now for the vows that you are going to take someday. The second week, um, Josh was here, and I love that guy. Um, he's just a good man. And um, I was so glad that he preached, and he preached to the guys in the room. And I loved what he talked about because it wasn't just leadership um, over your home, but it was leadership in life, okay? And he talked about you being strong and courageous, and you taking hold of um, faith in God and trust in God and then living that out in your relationship. And tonight, we are talking to the ladies. It's ladies' night. So, guys, you get to listen in. I hope that tonight... Um, I hope that tonight is edifying for both sets of people. And we are talking about women also having strength, okay? And that's not something we think about um, oftentimes with ladies. And I want to talk about um, strength of a, of a woman because I feel like society and the way that we depict women um, doesn't act, accurately depict the strength of a female. And so um, if you don't believe me that women are strong or that the Bible says that women should be strong, um, and this is not a feminist talk, you're going to see where I'm going, I promise. Um, Proverbs 31 says this, she is clothed in strength and dignity, and she can laugh at the days to come. And what's different about this kind of strength and every other strength that you're going to hear talked about in your lifetime is that I think that a feminine strength is strong because she is able to receive. Because she's able to receive. And so before we get into tonight, um, let's pray, okay? Um, Holy Spirit, I invite you here. God, cool down the room in Jesus' name. I pray um, that everybody in here, that we have fun, that we get into it a bit. Um, but God, that you just, uh, Lord, um, speak to us ladies tonight, God, about what you want for us. God, speak to the men tonight about how you want to lead them so that they can lead, God. And I pray that um, everybody in this room would just um, leave here feeling um, more empowered in you, God, than when they walked in. Love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. 
So, ladies, um, it is difficult to be a woman, is it not, in the dating world? It's difficult, right? Okay, because, like, this is me in high school, okay? And I'm like, okay, so I would like to um, be attractive to the opposite sex. And I basically, dating was just like a panic attack waiting to happen for me in, the high, in high school. And I don't know if anybody else was like this, but I went to high school at a time when Abercrombie and Fitch was cool. And um, so it was all about the layers, right? And so you wore like a tank top, and then you wore a V-neck, and then you wore a collared shirt underneath a sweater. And you were like, oh, I look good. I look so, fl- I'm warm but I look fly, right? And I'd be sitting in class, and there was a certain way that I had to do my hair and a certain way that I wore my backpack and, you know, that I talked and stuff. Like, I was just trying so hard to be maybe what the opposite sex was looking for, right? And um, I'll never forget, okay, this is, um, and this is just a picture of how difficult dating is for us females, because we're trying, we're trying to be attractive, you know, and we're trying to be like, oh, you know, I am a flower, I'm a delicate flower, but I'm also strong, you know, we're trying to be all that, and so I go to lunch with a bunch of my friends, and there is a a male there um, in high school that I'm interested in, and so, um, and like girls do, you know, we laugh at all your jokes, because we're like, oh my gosh, you know, yes, you are so funny. You know, and um, that day I'm hanging out with this guy, Mike, and I'm, you know, just trying to do my best at being, um, being, you know, whatever it is to be a girl, to, to, to woo him into courting me. And, um, but I have, I have a cold, right? And so he goes to tell a joke, and I'm pretty stuffy and whatever, and um, he goes to tell a joke, and I, instead of going, huh, like I went, huh, and then a giant snot bubble comes out of my nose. And I literally was like, oh my gosh, like, there is no recovering from that. Like, there is no more looking mysterious to this man. There is no more looking pretty in any way, shape, or form to this man. You know, and here I am, a woman, like, trying to figure out how to do this dating thing right, and that's just not right. You know, like that's not attractive, right? And I needed a roadmap. And I remember thinking early on, like even before I came to Christ, and I came to Christ when I was 18, but I remember thinking, like, I don't know how to do this. Because back then, and maybe ladies, you can relate, I kind of thought that maybe um, the whole key to being a woman in a relationship was just to be beautiful. Whatever that looked like, whatever that took was just to be attractive. And if I could get my hair right and I could get my clothes right. And then I read Proverbs 31, and it says she's clothed with strength and with dignity. And all of a sudden, I was like, okay, this isn't about me being clothed in mascara. This isn't about me being clothed in Abercrombie and Fitch or in pumps or nice jeans. This is about me being clothed in strength and in dignity. And we're going to read through Scripture ladies and gentlemen, that I think tonight is going to help us become the type of women that God is calling us to be, but also, gentlemen, is going to help you to know what to look for in a lady, and it's Proverbs 31. And I know, I know, right? 
like immediately. Because um, before I even read Proverbs 31, I had a picture of what I thought Proverbs 31 was about. And she has like an ankle length skirt on, you know, and her hair's in a bun. And she says things like, oh, praise the Lord, sister. Oh, amen, brother. You know, and she knits all day long. Like, this is what I'm thinking. And I'm like, I'm not that girl, right? Like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm not this woman. And I hadn't even given the, t- the text the time to speak to me. And so tonight, all I'm asking is that you let this text speak to you. Proverbs 31, and we are going to start in verse 10, okay? And it says this. A woman of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing in value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with either eager hands. She is like a merchant ship bringing food from afar. This girl is incredible. She's incredible. And I started reading this, and I was like, man, like this, this woman is a hard worker. And it says her husband has full confidence in her. And that may not mean um, that you have a husband, but what it means is that um, the people around you that are most closely associated with you, they are proud to be associated with you. They have full confidence in who you are. It goes on and it says, she gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. Entrepreneur is the word that came to mind when I started reading about this woman. Um, During this time, during uh, the time that Proverbs was written, Um, Women did not go to a field and consider it and buy it, okay? That's just not the way that it worked back then. Um, And certainly she wouldn't have her own earnings or have saved enough to go and purchase a field. And yet it says that this woman did that. And so I'm picturing a 2014 woman who is capable and who saves her money and who is wise and who goes to maybe a piece of property or a home. And she's the one that kind of does the considering. And she's the one that does the buying. And she's the one that makes the decision on the home, right? And I'm thinking, wow, this woman, this woman is capable she truly, um, she truly is capable of much. It goes on and it says, In her hand she holds a distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her head and she is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes a seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen with garments and sells them and supplies the the merchants with sashes. She is clothed in strength and dignity and she can laugh at the days to come. All right. I know that tonight is a talk to the ladies, but let me help you fellas out just for a little bit. Because I want to give you a couple bullet points of the type of woman based on this text that you are looking for. And the first thing is this. Um, You want a woman who doesn't muffle her strength in order to make you feel good about yourself. Kind of like what Ryan was talking about. Like you want a woman who does not play dumb. Okay? Like when she gets with you and she's like, oh my gosh, like I I don't even understand math. Can you help me? Or oh my gosh, I don't know how to, I don't know how to play pool. Can you help me? I don't know how to golf, but she's like secretly the best golfer in the world. Can you help me? 
You know, and it's one thing, it's one thing for a female to allow the strength of a man, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, but it is quite another for a female to downplay her strength in front of you. And that's not the type of girl that you want. You want a woman who is confident in who she is in the Lord, who is capable, and who is okay with showing that to you. Number two, you want a girl who is sold out for Jesus. It says this, it says in Proverbs 31, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Guys, you want a girl who is sold out, and that does not mean she just attends church, okay? That does not mean she comes to young adults, maybe every once in a while. That means that her entire life is geared around what God is calling her to do and how she is going to glorify him. And it talks about it, and it says charm is deceptive. It is deceptive. And what that means, what he's saying there is, and then he says, you know, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. What that means is that you want a girl who legitimately cares more about what God thinks of her than she does about her jeans, who cares more about what God thinks about her than she does about her wardrobe or her closet or her shopping bill. You want a girl who is so wrapped up in what he's doing that out of that comes the beauty of her heart. That is the kind of girl you want. You don't just want a church attender. You want a card-carrying member who is like, I'm sold out. Because that's the type of woman that when you say, this is what I feel called to do, she'll say, awesome, awesome, I'm in. Because I'm already sold out to his mission and to his plan. Number three, you want a girl who is becoming a woman and not staying a girl. If you are hanging out with a girl and she is continually becoming more drama as time goes on, that means that she is staying a girl and not becoming a woman, okay? And it's okay, like we all have drama, we all have our issues, believe me. But you want a girl who is on her way to becoming a woman, right? And I wrote this down and Forgive me, but I have heard people talk like this. Like if you hear a girl and she is, you know, getting into it and all of a sudden she starts bringing other people in and drama in and she says something like this. She was like, well, you know what? I was going to go to After Fuel, but Angie's going to be there. And Luke told me that Angie was creeping of pictures of you on Facebook, okay? And so um, I told Luke to tell Angie to not even come to my 23rd birthday unless she changes her attitude and her actions quickly, okay? And Luke, you better be careful who you're hanging out with because I heard that Joey was ki kissing your ex-girlfriend. And you know what I mean? Like, you don't know these people. And, and, you know, you don't know these people, but you do know these people. It's an exaggeration, but it's not. Like, if you talk to a female and she is continually becoming more drama for you, it is time to make a swift exit because you want a woman who is becoming a woman. Proverbs puts it this way. It says, her man trusts in her without reserve and never has a reason to regret it. Never spiteful. She treats him and others generously all her life long. She is never spiteful. And spiteful just means you bring drama upon people because you can she is never backstabbing. She is not a gossip. And her life is increasingly more peaceful, not more drama. And if you are with a woman like this, it is time that you make an exit. She is not the type of, type of person that you want to marry. She is clothed with strength and with dignity. 
She's clothed with strength and with dignity. And so what does that mean? Like what does a feminine strength look like? What does feminine dignity look like? And I said this at the beginning, um, but I believe that it is being a receiver. And I wrote down a couple of things that I know that strength is not. Because ladies, I think we get so confused, and I think that society puts a pressure on us to be strong in a way that we are not. Okay, and so here's the first thing that our strength is not, girls. It is not clawing your way to the top. It's not clawing your way to the top. There are a lot of women um, out there, maybe some in the room, and we think that we need to assert ourselves and we need to claw our way into a scenario in order for us to be successful. And we think things like this. Our internal dialogue goes something like this. Um, no one is respecting me, so I will make them respect me. I'm not getting what I need, so I'm going to fight for it. People um, aren't saying I'm strong, so I'm going to prove them wrong. And this isn't actually strength at all. This is actually fear because we're afraid that we're not going to measure up. We're afraid that we're going to have to prove ourselves. We're afraid that we're not strong. And so we put on this forward, assertive, claw-like attitude to get through life. And that's the exact opposite of what Proverbs is talking about. Strength is not clawing your way to the top. The second thing that strength isn't Strength is not acting like a man. It's not acting like a man. There's a lot of us in here, um, and we mistake strength, ladies, um, and what God has given to us for acting like men. And we've heard it before, but it's gone into our psyche, right? Because people will say things like, fight like a man. Or they'll say things like, oh, he throws a ball like a girl. And immediately we start thinking, okay, so to be strong equals to be like a man, and to be weak equals to be like a woman. And then a few years ago, there was this commercial that came out, and it was Mia Hamm, who's uh, an incredible soccer player, and it was Michael Jordan, who's an incredible basketball player. And the two of them were competing in various physical activities, you know, running on treadmills and sprinting across, you know, soccer fields and um, running steers, like doing all of these different physical things, right? And a song was playing while this commercial was going on, and it says, anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. And I was thinking to myself, as I was watching it, like, I am competitive. And those of you who know me, like, know that I'm like, yes, anything you can do, I can do better, right? Like, I have a problem. Um, but what this video was essentially saying, I felt like in some ways was saying, like, yes, ladies, like, you need to prove your strength, and you need to prove your strength by becoming like a man. And somewhere in the back of our heads, we think strength equals man. And it's wrong. It's just not true. Strength for a female is like this. It is being daring while being very vulnerable. It is being very courageous while being tender. And I would submit, ladies, in the room, and I just want to free you up, that it is okay to be tender and to be vulnerable. And that it is the most courageous and daring thing that you can possibly do. Your strength doesn't mean you need to be like a guy. You are strong, and you don't need to be like a man. 
The last thing that strength is not is it doesn't mean uh, control. It says she is clothed in strength and dignity, and she can laugh at the days to come. How many of you in here know a woman, or a man for that matter, um, who laughs all the time, who is super joyful, and who is really, really controlling? None, right? Okay. Answer is none. Okay. It says she can laugh at the days to come. She can laugh at the days to come. And I love that line because it's talking about, sorry, it is talking about something that I think I really need to camp on tonight. Um, if there's a downfall within our group of ladies, within our generation, within my gender, it's that when we get nervous and when we get afraid and we don't resort to trust, our automatic resort is to control. And we think things like this, if I'm strong, that means I need to have a handle on everything. If I'm strong, I need to have this scenario on lockdown. If I'm strong, then that means I'm never going to let go or be out of control. But here's the deal about control. Control is in the exact opposite arena of faith. And God says you can live by faith and by trust and be free. Or you can live under control and try to absolutely manhandle and white knuckle your life. And you guys know this, I get to see a lot of people come into counseling, and um, I get to see a lot of marriages kind of on the way out. And I don't want to minimize what they are going through to just one topic, but ladies, can I just plead with you tonight on one thing? Most of the marriages that I have seen falling apart have had a female within the relationship that is absolutely white-knuckling their relationship and won't stop controlling and she'll manipulate her husband to get what she wants. And she will control him in order to make the scenario the way that she wants. And those type of relationships, they never make it. They don't ever make it. And I know what we're thinking, right, when we do it. Because we're like, oh my gosh, like, if he's going to love me, I've got to make sure that, um, you know, I control the scenario so that he never rejects me. Or if, or if this is going to work out the way that I want and we're going to buy the house and the timing that I want, then I need to kind of manipulate some things and push some things around so that I can have the scenario I'm looking for. And we're just so nervous that things aren't going to turn out the way that we want. But let's make a pact tonight, girls. Let's make a pact that even when we are scared, that even when we are nervous, that even when it seems dark and we seem... Um, it seems like maybe, you know, things aren't going our way, that we turn to trust God and turn to um, have faith in his scenario for us and that we do not control our scenario. We don't control the people around us. She is clothed in strength and in dignity. And women of strength are receivers. They're receivers. And there's three different things that I want to talk about tonight that I believe us as women, we need to receive in order to have full and beautiful marriages. And the first one is this. We need to receive and let him call us beautiful. For a lot of you women in the room, um, you fight hard for your strength because, um, and you fight hard to kind of earn your worth because you've never received your worth from God. 
Psalm 45 talks about um, the way that God views us in Scripture. And I wanted to present this to you ladies tonight. And I wanted you to receive it tonight. Um, receive it, tonight. it says this, um, Daughters of king are among your honored women. At your right hand is the royal bride and gold of Ophir. Listen, daughter, and pay careful attention. Forget your people and your father's house. Let the king be enthralled with your beauty. Okay, so this psalm, I ran across it a couple of years ago. My goodness, my goodness. And it just ripped open my heart. And I was reading it, and it is setting the stage for a wedding, okay? And it says, daughters of kings, which is what we are. And it says, a bride is getting ready, and the king is waiting for her. And it says, um, let the king be enthralled with your beauty. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my goodness. This is the Lord defining us as ladies, the psalm goes on and it says, a bride, a princess looks glorious in her gown. Um, what is it about dressing up that immediately makes us more vulnerable? What is it about putting on a gown that immediately we're like, oh, what do you think? Like it's not necessarily about the dress and it's not necessarily that we want to be defined by beauty, but we are just hoping that somebody finds us captivating, as Stacey Eldridge and John Eldridge say. We are just hoping that someone finds us acceptable. And it says in scripture that this woman is dressed in her dress of gold and of fur. And it says, in her beautiful robes, she is led to the king, accompanied by her bridesmaids. What a joyful and enthusiastic procession as they enter the king's palace. And here's the deal. All women in here, women everywhere, I think men too, but whatever, we'll talk, I'm not talking to you. Um, you want a fairy tale. And I know this because I have wanted this since I was a teeny tiny girl. You want to be looked at as a princess. You want to be looked at as a queen, and it is so deeply rooted, right? And in this text, God is like, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I put in your heart. You are a princess. You are a queen. And for some of you, you grew up and you didn't hear that you were beautiful. No one told you that you were gorgeous, that you were acceptable. Your father didn't look at you and say, oh my goodness, can you just twirl around for me? You look beautiful. And God wants to tell you tonight, and this is the picture I got when I was reading this text. I was picturing this woman and all of her bridesmaids. And you know that moment, girls, when you kind of round the corner, right? And you're in your dress and you round the corner and you're like, what do you think? And I just pictured the king of kings like his breath being taken away. Let him call you beautiful. Let him call you beautiful. And some of you girls tonight, like you have been looking and you have been wanting and you've been searching for some man to fill this void, for some man to fill this bucket for you. And you're like, are you going to call me beautiful? And God's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, I get to go first. I call you beautiful first. I define your worth first. And in our strength, we receive what he says. Number two, let him lead. We receive leadership. We receive leadership. 
God in scripture, he paints a beautiful picture of a man and a woman and this thing we call marriage. And it says this, this is Ephesians 5. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit uh, yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. God is painting a picture here. And he's saying husbands are like Jesus and wives are like the church. And the way that you submit to the Lord is the way that you submit to your husband. Now let me just free everybody up in here because this is like some big, dirty, nasty word in our society, right? Nobody likes to talk about this word submission. And yet it is a beautiful word, you guys. It is a beautiful word. And that word submit simply means this, to prefer someone ahead of yourself to honor someone before yourself. And I always tell ladies, I always tell them this when I, I do counseling or anything like this, I'm like, um, we get the awesome job. We get to be the church. This is the best job because the man goes first the way Jesus went first. The man lays down his life the way Jesus laid down his life. And we get to receive and respond. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And the best way I can describe this idea of submission and leadership is a dance. And I picture Jesus with the church, right, because this is how Jesus operates with the church. I picture him, you know, holding the church and saying, okay, let's step right. Awesome. And we're like, okay, Lord, step right. And he's like, okay, step left. And we're like, okay, Lord, step left. And that's exactly the picture of a female with a male in marriage. The man will look at you and he'll say, okay, you ready? I think we're going to go right. And you say, okay, I'm ready. Let's go right. You ready? Let's go left. Okay. And ladies, there are going to be some times where the men in your life, they may step on your toes during this dance. You need to trust him because eventually he is going to become a better dancer if he's following after the Lord. He's going to become a better dancer, and he is going to dance a dance of adventure with you that is wonderful. And the last thing, ladies, that we need to receive from God tonight and that we need to receive from the men in our lives is let him die for you. Let him die for you. I, earlier I said um, that girls get the better job, we get the better job, and I mean it, I really do. Um, guys, I'm not a man, I can't speak to um, your scenario and how difficult the weight of leadership is that's on you, but I do know this, that you have to go first in every portion of the relationship. Ephesians says this, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by the washing of the water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without uh, stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless. Ladies, you are of, um, worthy of a life that is laid down. That's what God's saying there. And some of the men in your lives right now, like they won't even lay down their Xbox for you. <laughs> it's a bad example. Some of you guys are like, for real? <laughs> I don't know what video game, like, I don't even know what's cool. Halo, I don't know. Put it down. 
Ladies, you want a man who will lay himself down for you, who will go first, and he will pour out his rights for you. And you're worth that. And we need to receive. And here's the deal. Maybe tonight you don't have someone that is calling you beautiful. That is okay. God says, let me call you beautiful. Maybe you don't have someone um, who is leading you right now in a relationship. That's okay. You can practice and you can submit to the Lord and say, lead me. Maybe you don't have someone who is pouring out their life for you. That is okay. You have a God who wants to do that right now. And here's the deal with marriage, you guys. Neither male nor female can do this thing without receiving first from the Lord. And that's the truth. Males in here tonight, you cannot lead your wife without receiving from Christ and his power and his strength and everything that he brings to you. Ladies, you cannot live out your life as a wife without receiving from the Lord and trusting in your leadership of your man and the work of God through your man. You can't do it without him. And so tonight, um, as we go to worship, would you guys stand? And I would like to invite you, even though it's hot, to just engage with him. And tonight I'm believing that he is wanting um, you to receive something new from him, that he's wanting to lead you, that he's wanting to speak things over you, um, whatever that looks like. And so tonight, receive from God. Strong people, you guys, are receivers.